In a world where chronic DVD and Blu-ray acquisition disorder runs amok, Colin faces a daunting task. With a collection of over 1,200 titles, can he bring himself to watch the 65 films that sit on his shelves, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps? Still Under Wraps is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always, except for last week when we didn't record, is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. And as a bonus feature of this Welcome Back episode, we have a live studio audience. Yes, tonight we're watching a film that is hopefully, and from all that I've read, should be technically suitable for the younger members of our family, and therefore um, we're going to take a slightly different tack on tonight's episode and have them watch it and spend hours writing essays that critiques the performances, the plot synopsis, and the musical talents and such of said movie, I, which we haven't said yet. No, no I, I, I thought we explicitly established we weren't doing that. Right. We're going to let them watch. Yes. And then they're going to leave. Yes. Right. Look... I, I will meet you halfway. Normally on a Friday night family movie night, they at least come up with a score. Mm, that you, is a thing they do. And you don't. No, I don't. So therefore, we're going to follow that format and not put too much pressure on our studio audience. <laughs> that doesn't seem like an appropriate time for applause. No. Um, we won't put too much pressure on them and shall ask them for a score out of 10 as to what they thought of the film Uh, before we introduce the film just a little bit of information in a normal episode of still under wraps uh, thomas and i sit down and watch a film from our dvd collection that has somehow managed to sit on the shelf unwatched unloved and still under wraps I haven't seen these films that we review. Well, we don't really review them. We do no. talk about them a bit. But uh, the main reason is for us to slowly whittle away the stack of DVDs that I've managed to buy and then not ever watch. So they're mm. films that I haven't even seen in the cinema. Mm-hmm. And as a general rule, Thomas also hasn't seen them, except for the odd occasion such as last week. Sorry, not last week. Well, technically last week, did, didn't did we watch something that you hadn't watched last week in lieu of us podcasting? I don't think we did. Didn't we watch um, Burke? Um, the, how to Train Your Dragon? Uh, say oh, it no, out I loud, wasn't, studio wasn't audience. That. How to Train Your Dragon 3. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, that's I, what I, I watched. I wasn't there for that. Oh, Okay, Thomas didn't watch it. No. So, have you watched it yet? No, I haven't. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> it was the Lego movie, was it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I wasn't oh. there for that either. On Wednesday, we watched the Lego movie. I do apologise, and I hadn't seen it, and Thomas 
hasn't seen it. No, I haven't. And he didn't watch it because he it's, was... It's very difficult to find time when, when both of them are on Blu-ray. He was off talking to his friends mm. in internet world. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's what the premise of the podcast is. We're slowly working out which of these films will actually stay on the shelf. Mm. Because once we've watched them, we then discuss the merits of them actually staying on the shelf. And tonight's movie is something that I specifically ordered from the US. So it is actually in, and I say actually yet again, um, we should have a count to the number of times I say actually in this podcast. We'll put it on screen somewhere. That's right. We'll put it on the screen of this podcast and it'll show how many times. Mm. Yes. And smile for the camera. Yes. Um, I ordered this from the US based on the fact that I had seen a star in this film on one of my favourite movies, which Thomas hasn't seen, which is Empire of the Sun, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring a very young Christian Bale, who went on to become Batman. And then stopped. And then stopped. And he's done plenty of other things. But this is another film in which he performed as a child actor. And so I was a bit curious as to see. Because he's singing in it. Mm. Apparently. This is a musical. We're watching a musical tonight. A musical that is written... Uh, that was written, that at least the music side of things, written by the same person who wrote the music to... Aladdin and Pocahontas, Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid. Uh, Alan Menken. Thank you. So it is a musical and the musical that we're watching tonight is, and I'm going to hand the case over to Thomas and he's going to read the blurb. Yes, this is the film Newsies from 1992. So just to put that into perspective. This is the same year as Aladdin. Same year as Aladdin. Previous to that, uh, Alan Menken had written the music to Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid and went on to write the music for Pocahontas as well, as well as many other things he's been involved in. And from what I can tell, there's going to be a bit of dancing as well, befitting a musical. It is a live musical. Um, The director, Kenny Ortega is primarily famous for directing High School Musical 1, 2, and 3 many years later. So he's uh, honed his skills, Mm. apparently, on this film, Newsies. So without any further ado, we're going to sit back after Thomas has opened, unwrapped the the film that is still under wraps, which... Oh. Yes. It is actually... I did unwrap it previously because it's an NTSC film uh, or a US region film. Uh, at the time that I purchased it, I did want to check that it would play in the DVD player that I had at the time. Therefore, I had to unwrap it. But I have oh, not got any further than that. I have not watched the film. But in this age of Blu-ray players, which are all DVD region free anyway. That's right. It's not going to have a problem. But that sort of gives you an idea as to how long we've 
had it sitting on the shelf unwatched mm. and unloved and unwrapped mm. in this case. Uh, anyway, we're babbling on. It's the studio audience. It's got me nervous. Studio audience. Yeah. You, you know, you don't work with kids and animals. That's why we never let the cat in during the recording of our podcast. No, so. never. Right. Not once. No, ever. Okay, so uh, we're going to pop the DVD into the DVD player. We're going to sit back and watch Newsies and catch you on the flip side. Bye. Okay, so, so kids, have a bit of a think, a bit of a think about what you thought of that, whether it was age appropriate and whether it was, whether you got what was going on and whether you picked up what was being put down and think of a score. This will be interesting. Brianna's looking keen. She's already thought of a number that she's wanting to give. Do you want to speak into the microphone? No, she's shaking her head. She's going to hold up her fingers and show what she... She gave it an eight. Brianna gave it an eight. Okay, does anybody want to speak into the microphone? Okay, Daniel, yes, what, what do you want to say? Come come and... No, no, he's... Okay, Daniel gave it an eight, so that's an eight from... And a nine from Emily. Laura is coming back. Okay, eights all round except for Emily who gave it a nine. So Laura gave it an eight. And... Morgan didn't watch it. So what did you think? It was all right. Yeah, it was conflicting, I think. It was a worthy topic of making a film. Mm. But to make it into a musical, I don't know whether... It, it seemed to misfire somewhere and didn't quite hit marks that it should have hit mm. because of the fact that it was a musical versus the story that it was trying to tell and the age that it was I'm guessing aimed at as well mm. um, I mean that is not to say that gritty and important topics can't be covered in a musical because it's certainly been demonstrated that 
that they can. Mm. I thought it was decent. It's certainly not yeah. the worst film and certainly not the worst musical that I've seen. Um, it just could have been tighter and uh, the acting was great. Mm-hmm. The singing was great, except for, uh, and this is probably my biggest bugbear, was the really over-the-top New York accents. Mm. And Christian Bale especially had obviously varying difficulties with that, with his English accent. Um, oh, yes. And that came out. There, there are a number of times where uh, his English accent was more apparent than his New York accent. And, and they, f- they fought against each other on, a, on numerous occasions. But, yeah, just... Well, things like that. But it is a strong accent, but it made understanding of lyrics and some uh, dialogue quite difficult to, mm. to understand, um, especially when a lot of them were being put on. So um, over-accentuating mm. them. Yeah. Some of the in-the-newspaper bits were a bit slow. Yep. Some of the not-musical bits were slow. That's what I'm saying. Again, it's that conflict with musicals. I mean, some Mm. musicals don't have any dialogue other than the musical Mm. itself. And that bugs some people wanting to have dialogue in between song and set pieces. But, uh, yeah, it didn't quite work for me. No. I think it would have made a great shorter... uh, It could have lost half an hour. Mm-hmm. but a great just straight drama Mm. and even with the same actors i think the actors were solid enough to pull that off as a straight drama Mm -hmm. the songs certainly weren't memorable you know i don't don't have any ditties running through in fact (laughs) what i have is bits of beauty and the beast running through my head so I'm, i'm guessing that uh the composer there were certain chord progressions that overlapped between <laughs> that and Beauty and the Beast. But yeah, it tried to do too many things, I think. Mm. Um, but that being said, it's certainly not as ugly as some people suggested. I, I believe it received a number of Razzie Awards and it flopped terribly, mm. which had, I believe, a bit of an impact on Christian Bale himself, who didn't want to do a musical in the first place. But right. um, his previous big film was Empire of the Sun, which flopped as well. It was one of Steven Spielberg's biggest, uh, one of his biggest flops, which is a terrible disappointment. But interestingly, both Empire of the Sun and Newsies have developed somewhat of a cult following since um, my, again, I have done a little bit of reading. Um, right. But it did actually go on to Broadway, Yes. Uh, mainly because of the number of high schools that were doing their own bootleg versions of it that worked quite well. Mm. So, um, mm. as, as I understand it, it's the, the Broadway version is rearranged uh, significantly. Yep. Um, Santa Fe is pushed into the prologue and then also used as the Act One closing number. Right. I would be interested in seeing the stage 
version of it. Well, it was apparently recorded and released digitally, so right. who knows? Who knows? Anything you wish to add to... No? No. As I say, it was an average film. It, it mm. wasn't... I didn't think bad. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as uh, the backlash that it received. Um, I did note that... It certainly came out at a time where musicals were definitely on the the decline. Um, mm. This was Disney's first live musical since Pete's Dragon 15 years earlier. Right. So they hadn't done a musical for ages, but you had the likes of uh, Dirty Dancing and and things like that, which were more dance routine films rather than straight singing musicals, so... It was a risk that they took and didn't work for them. No. Hmm. So that was Newsies. Mm-hmm. He certainly grew up... Uh, I mean, there's five years between Christian Bale's performance in Empire of the Sun and this. So he was 16 when he started doing this, 18 when it was released. So Right. From what I read, yeah, he, he really wasn't keen on doing a musical, but I think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. So, let's go on to this. What's on the show? You know it's probably DVDs. I haven't added anything from our, you know, our listeners have had two weeks to mm. come up with dastardly films that may just win them a, a, a jackpot lottery of nailing a film that earns a really good multiplier and yet we have seen it and it's on the shelf and it's in blu-ray and in fact it's in 4k even though we don't have a 4k (laughs) screen but all right so out of our how many have we got uh 15 we're down to 15 so we'll uh roll the randomometer Blair suggests Prospect. Blair suggests Prospect. Yes. Which is currently on one of the streaming services, and I have not seen it. No, I I haven't either. And I'm just... It's very recent. Yes, it's a sci-fi. Chinese sci-fi, is it? No. Uh, American. American. Okay, a teen girl and her father travel to a remote alien moon, aiming to strike it rich. They've secured a contract to harvest a large deposit of the elusive gems hidden in the depths of the moon's toxic forest, but there are others roving the wilderness and the job quickly devolves into a fight to survive. I seem to recall, when I read that, a short film that I'd seen that seemed to follow that plot a little bit, but... um, Blair, a real that would have got a major multiplier, mm. and I did get tempted to because I think it is on one of the streaming services. I did get tempted to watch it then and there, just so that you get a point for me having watched it. But I right. didn't feel that was in keeping with the spirit of the competition, but uh, so I didn't. So neither of us have seen it. It's not on the shelf in any form whatsoever, other than possibly digitally uh, it's on netflix it's on netflix okay so no points for blair mm-hmm. so in that 
let down manner let's, let's see if we can go three for three and come up with a really depressing film from the films that are still on the shelf unwatched unloved and still under wraps mm. film watching progress goes ping film watching progress goes ping Shake the phone and pick a film And then we'll watch the film next week Alrighty There we go, have a shake Okay The 2010 film Shutter Island Ooh, okay With uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, yes Yes, oh, oh dear, okay um, so it's not a war film. No. No, but uh, it's a bit of an intense thriller, my mm-hmm. understanding is. So oh, what are we in for, Thomas? Does it give a full blurb there? Uh, let's get past the self-congratulatory bits. Okay. When US Marshal Teddy Daniels, played by DiCaprio, arrives at the asylum for the criminally insane on Shutter Island... Oh, goody. What starts as a routine investigation quickly takes a sinister turn. As the investigation unfolds and Teddy uncovers more shocking and terrifying truths about the island, he learns that there are some places that never let you go. Excellent. (laughs) Oh, my mind is in such a frame to uh, tackle such things. That, that's great. Maybe I should wave the white flag and get you to shake it again. No, no that's what we're going to do. We are going to... I mean, we've got to get to it eventually. We do have to get to it eventually. And so Shutter Island is next week. I didn't decide whether Newsies is going to stay on the shelf. I think it's innocuous enough. And I think the kids will possibly, with the scores that they gave it, at least want to watch it um, again so it'll stay on the shelf and we'll watch how it uh, behaves after that. But next week, Shutter Island. And if you want to add any input to the experiences that you've had watching Newsies or whether you want to contribute to the What's on the Shelf competition, you can do so on our Facebook page. The link is on the show notes. Mm -hmm. Or will be when I edit this. And it finally gets released at some ridiculous hour of the morning. Mm-hmm. And until then, until next week's episode comes out, we hope you have an enjoyable week of film watching and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Just going to walk away so I'm not making rattly bangy sounds while you're doing this bit. Okay then. Mm-hmm. Wendy walks away so she's not making rattly bangy noises. <laughs> okay. The music fades out as as uh, the audience fades in, but before they do any of that, I say, uh, sorry, I I record this bit, and and then you put it over the applause. Right. Yes, that's yes. right. The next bit that you are about to say will be over the yes. music and then the applause. Yes. Okay, yes. I don't have anything else to add and I keep popping my 
lips and it must be really annoying for anyone who listens to it so I shall stop. Yeah, we 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 can put this um we can put this after um just just to explain a gag that doesn't come across uh, in an audio format whatsoever. Uh, at the moment, inside the Newsies case is a disc of the fifth season of The Mentalist. Ah, yes, we've done the old switcheroo. The disc is actually in the player already. The magic of podcast. Um, <laughs> We're pre-prepared to play, and that makes us all feel rather fake now. Thanks for listening through to the end of the podcast. (laughs) See you next time. (laughs) Bye.